what I, the hard truth that I had to realize is that I wasn't standing up for myself. I Mm. wasn't owning who I was. I was playing by everybody else's rules and then satisfying that by having my own little anonymous Facebook page where I would post feminist things. And Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't really owning who I was. It was just an outlet because I, I couldn't face that. So I had to really come to terms with the fact that I wasn't owning my truth. Yeah. And I think that that's like, I've been realizing this more and more and my coach calls me out on it all the time. And it's that in this day and age and with online businesses or business in general, I think the secret really is not hiding those things that you think everyone's going to freak out about or staying in your comfort zone and being okay with everyone just seeing you as okay, well, this girl's like a real estate agent, this girl, yeah, she's cool, whatever, like, you stand out on purpose. And that is the most, honestly, that's the most beneficial thing we can do as people and as citizens. And just like, in general, we have to start realizing like, you can stand out and that can be okay. And people can see you and hear you and know who you are deep down and that can be okay like we don't have to hide it hello everyone welcome back to the podcast i am so excited for this episode today um just like any other episode that i kind of throw out some vulnerable stuff or you know just beliefs and different levels that I'm growing into. I am bringing on different people to speak on those different things. So I am absolutely in love with this conversation with Vanessa. She is honestly the the most like powerhouse and inspirational woman I have met this year. And I'm just so thankful that I got to meet her and I, we both kind of let our walls down at this, this event, um, that we met at this year and it has really benefited us. Like we, we've really grown into such an amazing friendship and supportive friendship. So listen to her, listen to this conversation with an open mind. It is so amazing. So good. Um, and honestly perfect for Monday. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, Vanessa. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Um, Y'all, this girl is like one of my soul sisters. I can't believe that we've only known each other for like, what, three months, two months, three months. When did we go to California together? March. Yeah, the beginning of March. So, oh my gosh, barely two months. Oh my God, I feel like I've known you for my whole life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I am so excited to bring your story to the podcast and just this conversation that is about to go down is going to be so real. It's going to be so fire. And I'm just so excited that you're here. Yeah, I'm honored to be here. The first thing, let's chat about your story because this is something, this is honestly the most inspiring thing ever. Um, uh, where you've been and where you've like, you know, gone and came from is just so amazing. And the way that you reach for your goals and just the the things that you do inspire me so much. So share a little bit about your story with everyone and, um, kind of start from 
where you were at before real estate and before all of that? So I, um, my background is in marketing and graphic design and branding. And I was working for a marketing company that I was just miserable. It was a nine to five office job, no windows, dim lights all day. Cause you're staring at a computer and I actually quit my job and went to Kenya in 2014 for a couple months. And when I came back, I kind of was just like floundering. I had a women's studies, women's and gender studies degree, and I wanted to do something to help, but you know, I also needed to make some money and it was a little bit of a struggle to find something that was, you know, the ultimate millennial problem, right? Like what you want, (laughs) what you do, you want to be fulfilling, but you also don't want to be a starving artist your whole life. So um, I accidentally found real estate through a friend who was doing really well and I dove in head first and I jumped into this world thinking that I had to fit into a specific box to be a real estate agent. And at first I, I thought I could be in the box and still be who I was. And, um, I'd had a feminist sticker on my car and the woman I was working for sent me an email and told me that she couldn't have somebody working for her with vulgar lang- language on their vehicle. And it was small, like maybe like two business cards. That's all it said was feminist? <clears throat> all it said was feminist. That's and, not vulgar. It's just yeah. a word. <laughs> and things kind of just like devolved more and more and more. And I finally told her that we will never be able to have a meeting of the minds because I don't perceive that as being something that's vulgar. So right. I left that team. Obviously, I quit because, you know, well, yeah. what else are you going to do? Yeah. Suck it up and just deal with it. Yeah. And I ended up working for another team where it was much more um, high-end stuff. And everybody kind of showed up in suits and heels. And I sort of tried to fit into that box just because I, I was doing really well. And I felt like if I didn't keep doing that, all of the success was just going to go to the wayside. So it was about almost a year ago to the day that I started working with a business coach. I decided to leave the team and he was like, why are you not owning who you are? Why aren't you putting that out there? And at that point I shifted my entire business. It was extremely scary, but I started saying, um, I help women invest in real estate, which in real estate, people tell you like, you can't alienate anybody. You can't have a niche that small because you won't get any business. And it was a huge plunge, but stepping into that and owning that that's what I wanted to do kind of changed everything for me. Yeah. And I just want to point out something. Don't you love it when your coach just straight, straight up calls you out like, hey, you're playing small. Like, yeah. like let's not yes. do that. <laughs> And I love that. I'm just glad, so glad that you ended up hiring Kevin and he helped you kind of realize those things. Um, Because otherwise, like you wouldn't have been able to reach all of these people and you wouldn't have had that awareness and known that, yes, you can niche down and you can own your power. You can own that you're a feminist. You can have a tongue ring and be a real estate agent. Like all of these things that they weren't like, you know, super accepting of you. And that's okay. Like you're not going to be for everyone. And I just wish more people had that awareness that it's okay to not be for everyone. It's okay that we don't fit in every single box that we used to fit in. Yeah. In fact, the second team that I was on right before I became a single agent, probably once a month, he, my boss would say to me, so when does the tongue ring come out? 
I'm, I'm 33. I've had it since I was 16. And I kept saying, it's not, it doesn't come out. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> it's not coming out, bro. No. I'm keeping it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's wild. Because for me, I guess, I've only worked... I've only worked in environments that um, I could stand. Like, if I ever got a job, you can ask my mother this. If I ever got a job and I felt like everyone around me was just, like, not nice and they were negative and all that, I would just quit. I would be like, all right, nope, this isn't happening. Nope, this is not working. I'm going somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I always had sort of perceived myself as somebody who did that and didn't tolerate that kind of stuff, but... What I, the hard truth that I had to realize is that I wasn't standing up for myself. I Mm. wasn't owning who I was. I was playing by everybody else's rules and then satisfying that by having my own little anonymous Facebook page where I would post feminist things. And Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't really owning who I was. It was just an outlet because I, I couldn't face that. So I had to really come to terms with the fact that I wasn't owning my truth. Yeah, and I think that that's like I've been realizing this more and more and my coach calls me out on it all the time. And it's that in this day and age and with online businesses or business in general, I think the secret really is not hiding those things that you think everyone's going to freak out about or staying in your comfort zone and being okay with everyone just seeing you as okay, well, this girl's like a real estate agent, this girl, yeah, she's cool, whatever, like, you stand out on purpose. And that is the most, honestly, that's the most beneficial thing we can do as people and as citizens. And just like, in general, we have to start realizing like, you can stand out and that can be okay. And people can see you and hear you and know who you are deep down and that can be okay like we don't have to hide it and I think too that if you're trying to speak to everyone you're speaking to no one yeah and there has to be something there's how many health coaches are there thousands Mm -hmm. maybe millions how Mm -hmm. many wellness coaches are there how many business coaches you know how many real estates crap I feel like everybody has a real estate license these days and if you're not speaking to a specific person there's no one there's no way for people to identify you with what they need. Mm-hmm. I just had a woman yesterday I was talking to who said, you know, I'm scared to invite people into my personal Facebook page because I'm a real estate agent, but I also like to go to like bike nights. She's a motorcycle rider. And she's like, I, I think that some people will be mad about that. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. don't, those are your people. Like if those people don't like you because you ride motorcycles, you don't want to work with those people anyways. Yeah. Like, why would you want to, why would you have to hide yourself yeah. to get clients? And I did the same thing for so long and you know, you have to speak to someone. Yes. And I can so relate with how she perceives that because we've all been at that mindset where it was, where it's like, but if I cuss, then everyone's going to hate me. But if I say something that is like out of the ordinary or it's not about like work and making money and it's more creative and it's more out there, like everyone's going to think I'm weird. And it's like, no, that's not how, that's really not how it should be. And I, I really can see society changing in that aspect. Like I was at a job a few months ago and I just, I couldn't, 
relate with anyone there. Like I felt like I was going to work every day. And as soon as I would walk in, I, I wasn't myself. And then as soon as I walked out, like, okay, now you can be yourself again. <laughs> like, like I, I did, that's why I ended up doing this full time and going into coaching full time because it's like, it takes all of that weight off of you to go into something that you love where you can be yourself and not have to be on your toes all the time, wondering if you offended somebody, wondering if someone's judging you for how you like speak and just all of these things, like all of that plays into your mindset and it it affects you. Your environment affects you um, when you let it. And I, I truly believe that. There's also something about the story you tell yourselves about those things. So, like, it's not really about the tongue ring. It's not really about the clothes you wear or the swearing. It's about the story that you tell yourself about those things. And if you're telling yourself that people aren't going to see you as valuable or powerful if you show up in that way, that's all you're ever going to see it as. So Mm -hmm. stop telling yourself the story that's not even, like, a real perception of reality Mm -hmm. and step in, invite yourself to step into that power and own it so that you can be yeah, and being open to the opposite of that story and the opposite of that belief. Being open to, no, not everyone. Everyone doesn't judge me for this. Being open yeah. to the thought of everyone does accept me for who I am. And if they don't, like, that's okay and that doesn't affect me. And yeah, that that's okay. that story is okay to tell yourself. And just turning those stories around, That's that's like my whole... That's my whole plan and whole thing behind this podcast is just being able to show everyone that we all get there at some point. We're all there at some point. And yeah. then you have that self-awareness and you have this this new way of being and seeing things that completely changes that for you. And, and completely, it makes it to where you're always like questioning yourself, right? Like, am I available for this? I'm not available for this. Or like, <laughs> this is the story I'm telling myself today. Where did I, where did this pattern come from? Like, that's how I, that's the conversations now that yes. I'm always having with myself. Or I'll, I'll say something to Matthew and he'll be like, are you just telling yourself this? Or you're perceiving it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't, you can't hold my stuff against me. That's not fair. Yes. Yes. And you have to break that down. And I think recognizing the stories that you're telling yourselves and the way that you're perceiving things is the first step to overcoming that mm-hmm. so that you can step into that light. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And let's, let's dive into how you really and why you started sharing about feminism and where, whenever you came, cause you said you just had your like page and you were kind of sharing stuff, but it was also that I'm going to hide this and I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to be loud. I'm not going to be seen. I'm not going to be heard. How, where did your mindset go from that to now? And I will just say now, like, since I've met you, you've you've helped me understand it. And you've helped me really shape the way that I see things and um, the beliefs that I've had around feminism because I wasn't a feminist before. I didn't know anything about it, but I still believed in this societal stigma that that feminists are crazy. Feminists go go all all crazy and go all out and all they do is they scream and yell and do riots. Like that's literally all that I knew about it and until I met you and I I saw you wearing this shirt that said feminist and I said hmm 
is she a feminist? I wonder. I'm going to go look at her Facebook. And then we just started having the conversations and I started seeing you share the things and like the impact that it can make and the impact behind it is what's so important. So kind of walk us through that and where your mindset was when you started. So, and it's so funny that you say that and to, because I just assume, like I met you and I just assumed that you were a feminist because I know like how passionate I am about it and how passionate you are about like helping women. And it would just make sense to me that you would be, but I think what happened is, so to go back a little bit, second wave feminism kind of brought with it. And this was when we were probably kids that um, the turning point was when we were kids where they told women, we grew up in this, like you can do anything Nike told you to just do it. You can be president if you want. You can play sports. And they really pushed girls to kind of step into this, the masculine side of things, to do boy things, that you had all the quality to do all the things that boys could do. And in doing that, they sort of unintentionally devalued the feminine. And they basically said unintentionally that doing girly things or doing feminine things meant you were weak because we want you girls to know you can do anything that a boy can do but nobody was telling boys that they could also do girl things so unintentionally they took a lot of power away from being girl and being a feminine or being feminine and what that meant to embrace femininity so I think what we're seeing now when what I love about feminism is this pushback from this sort of third wave movement of feminists who are saying, you know what, I I can do anything I want. I can play sports, I can run for president, but I can also paint my nails. I can also get my eyelashes done. I can also be sexy. I wanna be subject and object at the mm -hmm. same time. And being subject and object and embracing the feminine doesn't make me any less powerful. So yeah. what I had to come to terms with is that before I got into real estate, I was extremely vocal on Facebook about my feminist beliefs and my women's rights issues. And um, this was during the election. So it was very contentious and very heated. People were ending friendships over things that were happening in the election. And mm -hmm. I kind of shut it down after that because I didn't want to continue to like alienate people from a business perspective. But I started that anonymous page. It was called Your Favorite Feminist, where I would talk about just feminist issues because people used to say to me all the time, Oh my God, I didn't know you were a feminist. Like you're, you're my favorite feminist and people perceive this idea of a feminist as what they kind of used to be. And not that that's a bad thing, but this pushback now is, and you can see it in stuff like the boss babe movement, the girl boss movement, like we're taking back, we're actively reclaiming the power in being a girl and saying to people, just because I'm also girly and I do girly things doesn't mean I've been duped by the patriarchy. It means I'm taking the power back mm -hmm. and I don't have to be a man. Or I don't have to act like a man in order to be seen as powerful as well. Yeah. So that's sort of my favorite part about feminism and kind of embracing this new third wave movement that's very much more inclusive of other minority groups and bringing people up the ranks with them. Yeah, I have full body chills from that. <laughs> Because it's so freaking powerful and like what I'm realizing in this moment is like what I'm realizing in this moment is that the word feminist is not what it looks like. It's nothing what you think it would be because it's not about the feminist, the woman. It's about the feminine, the right. feminine part of that. 
and right. that you don't only have to be one and you don't only have to be the other. It's like you can be, you, everyone has to have that masculine energy and that feminine energy, but it's a, it's about like not <laughs> alienating one of them. Right. right. Men right. don't only have to be masculine and women don't only have say, to be feminine. I boys too. Exactly. And we've inadvertently told boys that being girly is weak. And, you know, if you think back to it, like our our parents' generation, that probably was the only choice they had was to step into male roles, to climb that corporate ladder, to wear suits to work, to not be seen as girly because it was so perceived as weak. But one of my favorite exercises is to ask people, what's the worst thing that you can call a man? The worst thing. Mm. Girly. Pussy bitch, fag, all things that are related to being feminine. Mm. And that's terrifying. That is terrifying that the most insulting thing you can tell a man is to call him a girl. Mm. God, that's good. I, yeah, I've (laughs) never thought about that before. Um, because that, that is 100% true from, but from childhood, we see that. From childhood, we see that in movies, in cartoons, in society in general. And it's, like, so sad. And you see, like, commercials and stuff, too, that have that, like, almost laughing factor at, you know, a man wearing heels or, like, whatever that is. And I think, in general, I've been on this growth journey to opening my mind up to diff- to all of these different things and seeing the other side of it cuz when you are when you're I feel like tell me if I'm wrong if you are in like a fear or a scarcity mindset and you're always so scared about you're scared about the election and you're scared about this and you're scared about that and you're so scared about politics and everything fear consumes you and fear 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 and the way that people portray a feminist is from that fear, from that scary, okay, well, like, they're always yelling. And, like, I'm literally telling you, like, that's all I knew about it before. And yeah. it, it's just, like, a Black Lives Matter and those kind of movements. Like, no one gets to see the real conversations like this. And no one actually sees other than what we see on the news um, right. the angry and the all, all this stuff. And I just, I can't even start to tell you, I, I stopped watching the news like a long time ago <laughs> because of that, because yeah. it was giving me anxiety because I was just like always so scared. Like at this point I'll watch it for certain things, but, <laughs> but, um, back then when all of that was going on, I was so like just terrified to turn it on cause it was just so triggering for me. Yeah. And so what, what would you tell someone if they also don't know anything about feminism? They don't know anything about like any of this stuff, the big movements that are happening that are all so important what would you tell someone that is opposed to it at this moment at from an open-minded perspective and the the easiest advice that you could give them to begin to understand the other side of it? So feminism is so multi-layered that it's hard to just put one thing to it because every everything that makes you different is bringing more intersectionality to the table. So a black woman is going to have many more issues that are different with feminism than I have. 
and I'm a cis white woman who I don't have to deal with being seen as a minority at as terms of my sexuality or in terms of my skin color. So for me, what makes feminism important to me is opening, opening that conversation up to talk about where the microaggressions are happening because mm-hmm. the big aggressions we can see, we can, we all see them. We all know they're happening, but the microaggressions like calling men pussies, those little things are what are really creating this norm around keeping women in their place. And I, I try not to speak about, you know, issues that women of color have because I don't feel it's my place to be a voice for them, but they experience those things too, like the Black Lives Matter movement. And the reality is that people are angry. People are fucking pissed Mm -hmm. about what's going on. And sometimes my theory is that you always need this extreme side to bring awareness to the issue so that the less extreme can go in and do the work. Mm -hmm. And without one or the other, you can't have the success you need to create any kind of lasting change. Does it suck that sometimes people give us a bad name? Absolutely. But you know, you have Westboro Baptist church. They're so extreme. Most people who are religious don't identify with those people, but you will always have the outliers who are going to create problems, but people are mad. And Mm. I frankly don't blame people for being mad. I'm not a yeller and a screamer, but I do get pissed. And everybody, everybody handles that outlet differently. But I think feminism for me is about recognizing what everyone brings to the table that's different Mm. and knowing how you can be the helper in creating an expanse of opportunity for everybody. Yeah. Not just people who look like you or yourself. Right. And I, I truly think that with basically, I want, I don't want to call it an influencer trend, but I think, you know, the wave, the new wave, the new millennial like generation really taking over like social media and showing light on so many of these different movements and issues. Um, because you can go on social media and search feminist um, on the tags and you may find half terribly like people saying really horrible things about feminists and then you'll find the other half people who are spreading so much light and so much value and information about it like educated information people who truly have done their work people like you um and that is a really I think that's almost like a responsibility that it's getting to the point where we have a responsibility to change things and we can't, I was watching Brene Brown yesterday, the Netflix documentary that you told me to watch. And she was saying, you can't be scared to have these conversations, uh, courage over comfort. You can't, you don't have the, um, what, what did she say? Like, that's not your choice to be comfortable. Comfortable is, is, at this point out the window no one gives a fuck about your comfort you need to be courageous you need to be loud and you need to be open and you can't be scared about people not liking what you say like that's truly because I I don't talk about feminist feminism a lot on my stuff but I do talk about 
other things that people may take as controversial and may take as their own trigger. And um, sometimes they don't like it. Sometimes they do. It's just I, I will not filter myself and I will not, you know, sit back and see society as it is and not go and fucking try to change it. Um, and, (laughs) and I think that that is kind of the difference in, in the wave of influencers, the wave of social media. Some people are only doing it to basically spread, like, what is the word? Stroke their own ego. Right. And then the other half, we want to fucking change the world. And it's kind of like, it's hard And you may be able to relate this to branding and marketing and business um, because and niche it, niching down and stuff like that. Um, Because it's important for you to follow people who are actually interested in making a difference. And they're not just, you're not following them to compare yourself to them constantly. And it, it can be in any way that you're comparing it. You can be comparing your body. You can be comparing your life, your relationship, your business, all of these things. And I want you to touch a little bit on that with, with business. Cause I know that you have experience with this and with niching down mindset branding. We, we did that call the other day that you, you chatted on and it's just so important. I think to take social media more as, what I don't know what to call it, but like more as a place for positivity and, and optimism instead of comparisonitis and negativity and drama and all of these low vibe things. Um, I guess give, give us your take on mindset branding and what that looks like because I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast, they also have personal brands, they have online businesses, they want to start online businesses. Um, Tell us what mindset branding is. (laughs) So (laughs) this is kind of a word that my coach, Kevin Huber, coined. And the concept is basically that um, your brand should be more than just a logo in a particular color. And that, have you ever read Simon Sinek's uh, Find Your Why? I haven't, but I'll have to look it up. He wrote a book called Start With Why as well. So his his concept is that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And the bottom line with branding is that a logo and colors are really unnecessary because what people are going to connect with is your messaging and the narrative that's created through your brand. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing the deep work and the deep diving into your own self-awareness into your own why and why you're doing what you're doing, you'll always just be a cheap fiber logo in a particular color code. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that we need to create brands from a deep heart perspective where we are pouring ourselves and our reasons for why we're doing what we're doing into the branding. So for me, part of the work that I did was going back through everything I had done and finding the thread that ran through everything. So I started a a magazine. It was a hockey magazine for girls and a clothing line for girls who played hockey. Gosh, probably in 2005, 2006, I organized the slut walk in 2011 in Tampa, which was a walk to raise awareness about sexual violence through reclaiming the word slut. And I coached girls hockey teams. I 
taught at a school for girls in Kenya. And I have, I realized that I have always been passionate about not just helping people, but helping women and girls in particular and helping them have equal access to the things that maybe they felt that they didn't have easy access to or enough equity in. So when I dove into my personal branding, for me, it's all about helping women have that financial intelligence and educate themselves on really making sound and smart investments in real estate. Yeah. Doing that deep dive into the why behind what you're doing. Yeah. And there is a lot that I think even with real, the real estate world, um, that women can be kind of, what do you want to call it? Um, passed over. Not yes. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just like, um, okay. Unheard, like whatever. Um, and I've, I've seen you talk about that a little bit on Facebook and a couple of different things. So how does that look like? Cause I don't know, maybe someone's looking to buy a house or rent a house that is listening to this shed some light on that. Cause even I would like to kind of see it from a different perspective in the real estate industry. I did some market research among some people I know the other day who women who are currently renting who have never purchased a home and I just asked them why have you not purchased home yet or why do you not why do you not want to and the overwhelming response that I got was that they couldn't afford it just yet and I had said do you know what it costs and they said no and to me, that's like, have you ever heard a guy be like, no, I don't know. I can't afford it, but I don't know. And, and I don't know how to find out. Yes. Like, no, that is like, guys are like gung-ho. I want to buy a house. Yeah. Find out guys how to are do like, it. like all about it. Math. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so through talking to these women, I had found that most of them just didn't know how the process worked and just thought it was something that was above them that they weren't ready for. So they just never put any effort into looking into it. And I want to change that perspective. I want women to know how to make smart investments versus just throwing away money on rent. And some people truthfully are not able to rent yet. Some people have a lot of student debt. Some people have terrible credit, but there's always a path out of that. Mm. And getting to that point so that you can invest in a home and kind of have the economic security to live the life that you want to live is really where that power comes in and you're not relying on someone else or a landlord but now you are in control of your life and your money and your little nest egg for where you're putting your money yes and that all relates back to owning your power your mindset all of that so that you can do that so yeah. that you you can do that for yourself and for your family if you want to that's that's my big end goal like i want to buy the house yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> Not because of any like ego thing or like, oh, I'm a woman and I can do what guys do. Like just because I feel like that would be fulfilling to me and that would, yeah. that would feel good to me. Like I, I earned it. I worked for it. I did this and it wasn't from a place of scarcity. It was from a place of abundance and owning my power and owning like what I'm capable of. And it's okay for women to do that. And it's okay for men to do that. Like, yes. We can that power. Yeah, we can all step into our power. We can all go from instead of fear, get closer to love and abundance and joy and not make it more complicated than it has to be. Like it it can be simple. 
it can be a choice. It can be a decision, but it's all of this, this influx of, of craziness and drama and um, misunderstanding about how it works and what goes on that we, we get way further away from that. Yeah. And, and, and let's be realistic. It's not that men don't have that problem either. My passion just comes from seeing these women really step into their power. And part of the problem too, is that women see themselves as not being able to access these things sometimes. And it's not because no one told them they can't. We just sometimes are raised in a world where we just are told you can't get to them. Mm-hmm. And I want to change that. I want women to step into their power and step into that light and really own not only their own selves and their self-worth, but be able to own the home that they're living in. Yeah, I actually had a friend the other day that was telling me, and I was just so sad hearing this out of her mouth. She was telling me that her mom makes it very hard for her to understand that she can do anything like without having a man in her life or someone to take care of her um that's what she said she said my mom just tells me like I can't do it I couldn't do it on my own that I need to keep looking I need to keep I know it's like it's so sad that we have these beliefs and guess what here's another thing that I always talk to my clients about um regarding like their parents or their relationship and anything the perspective of the other person has nothing to do with you or what you should actually be doing. That's a part of their own trauma. That's a part of their own beliefs and the things that they've been through to make them believe that. And they are projecting that onto you and you don't have to believe that. You don't have have to to bring that. Absorb that energy. Right. You don't have to bring that with you anywhere. You can say, thank you for the advice, but I'm not taking it. Yeah, I was just going to say one thing I had to learn is that just because they felt that way about me or said things, certain things about me didn't mean I had to prove them wrong. I could let them say what they wanted to say, let it pass through me, still keep them in my life and just know that that person wasn't going to be able to show up the way I needed to, but it didn't mean I had to think any less of them or cut them off or anything crazy. Yes, my favorite thing that um, I've taught my clients is you're not available for that. Yeah. You're just not available for that. It's yes. very simple. It's it's so funny, too, because one of my clients, she said, I've been saying I'm not available for that. Every time, like, you know, my mom calls me and she's an asshole to me, um, <laughs> I'm not available for that. And then she also said that while she was at work and she would be, she'd be saying it out loud or she'd say it and now everybody at her work is saying it and that she's, she's told them, yeah, my coach just told me <laughs> to tell everyone I'm not available for that behavior I'm not available for this conversation but it's like so powerful to have that that belief and have that awareness come up when something is triggering you and something that like an old pattern or an old thought an old belief is coming up and you can you have that power now to be like no nope yes (laughs) <laughs> yes, and not being available for something is so different than being defensive about something. Absolutely. Not being available for something gives you the power. Right. Being defensive about something gives the other person the power. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just like that reminds me of something else I always do is talk about 
forgiving and being okay. Because the reason sometimes that we don't want to forgive people is because of our ego. That's all it is. You don't want to forgive um, their their fault because of your ego. And you have to realize sometimes like forgiveness doesn't mean you are giving them something or you're giving them power back. You are giving yourself power back by releasing that, forgiving that. So whatever it is, whatever, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your um, family, like a brother or a sister, or it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or partner, you can still forgive them (laughs) without um, it being this big thing that is like, you know, detrimental to you. Right. right <laughs> and right. It's, it's just like that defensiveness thing and going from fear to love. Like that's, that's truly the vibrations of that is in somewhere there in between. And, um, I just love that. I love this conversation so freaking much because everyone needs to hear it. Everyone needs these seeds planted. So true. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And I think the real, the hardest part is planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. The hardest part is planting the seeds. Once you planted them, even just in owning your own story and your brand, once you plant that seed, watering it is so easy. Yeah. Because watering it is just doing what you love. Yes. Doing what you're passionate about. But planting the seed and really giving yourself permission and inviting yourself into owning that is the hard work. Yes, absolutely. It It's so funny because I work a lot with people on affirmations. And I don't, I don't think that affirmations should be the same for everyone. Some people, they can write them down and say them out loud and that's all they need. But some people, it has to be kind of active in your everyday life. Like, for example, when someone gives you a compliment, they say, Oh my God, you look so cute. Like, I love your shirt. And sometimes you'll you'll feel like you need to go in and say, oh my God, thank you. I got it from Ross and it was only this much. And, you know, yesterday I showed my mom and she really liked it too. And like all this stuff when you could just be like, thank you. And then in your mind, I am beautiful. I do look really pretty. Yeah. That's the different, like it's, it's different for everyone. And I really try to remind people of that when they're like, what the fuck affirmations? Like, that's weird. I don't want to talk to myself, but sometimes yeah. like it's different for everyone. Affirmations also are, it's like planting seeds because you, you don't just plant the seed and then you get the fruit. You plant the seed, you water it. You have to water it and water it and let it grow. Before and you, you can't get eat it. the fruit before you finish watering it. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the fruit will not be ripe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so people want it to happen so fast. And they're like, so yeah. when is my belief going to be instilled? And yes. I'm like, you got to give it time, girl. You got to water it. You got to grow it. You got to let it get ripe. Love it. <laughs> Say nice words to it. One, one thing I've started doing lately is when somebody says, a compliment to me I started saying thank you I received that I love that that's yeah I received my... that because it's like it it's it my instinct is to say oh my god thank you you too and mm-hmm. like I can also say something to them later but I also am allowed to receive what they're saying to me and it's easy to deflect that yes 
it, for some reason we're taught as women not you know don't be too full of yourself yes bless <laughs> so, your heart sweetie don't be don't think yes. too highly of yourself like yes. why <laughs> don't think too highly of yourself but also don't not be confident <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like that meme that we saw the other day all these all these like back and forth okay but you should diet but not this diet because it's going to kill yeah. you <laughs> like, yeah like, just the the craziest the craziest stuff and I honestly I love that you you mentioned receiving um that's something that we just talked about the other day and about how like when you're going you're about to hit like your biggest month ever in business and people think that you know that's going to be like easy and it's just yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just yeah it's just as hard as doing the work it's just yeah. it you have to do that healing around it where like you're okay with receiving it you understand yeah. that it's okay that you earned that and like that you're fully in alignment with your purpose and that's why that's why you're you're getting all this abundance and your relationship is getting better and everything is just like kind of correlating and growing but we're taught that you know oh there's always something else yeah so, there's something around the corner like up. don't get too excited about how good everything is going because something is gonna come up that and struggle's gonna, gonna come back <laughs> yeah girl don't don't let too, don't let your struggle stray too far because it's coming back like that's yes, what yes. that's what I also have struggled with before is like just being okay with not struggling being okay yeah. with the fact that like, oh, I can do something that I love. Yeah. Like people are yeah. so fucking mind blown by that. Yeah. And it's our it's our birthright. It's what it's what we're born to do. And it's okay for you to not have a job. Like if you're in your job and you don't like it, it's okay to go from that to doing something you do like. Like people there's this stigma, there's this this talk about oh you got to pay your dues and sometimes you just have to do what you don't want to do and to an extent that's true but not to the detriment of your fucking mental health like yeah. and I think that's something too that comes from like our parents generation that they they have sort of passed on a little bit of this like guilt that if you're not working your ass off and grinding yourself until you can't sleep or breathe or eat anymore or function like a normal human being you don't deserve to be making a lot of money right. and we are kind of in this new next level of like consciousness awareness are saying like hey I can find this harmony I hate, I hate when people say I found balance because balance means they're equally the same but this harmony in creating a life that I love but also working hard but also not killing myself doing it and yeah. Yeah, finding that harmony and letting go of that kind of guilt is sometimes a struggle. I still struggle with it. That's the struggle is like letting it come, receiving it, being okay with receiving that, um, the other side of that struggle. And it's okay that you are struggling and it's okay to be in that sometimes too. Like there does have to be this in between and you have to heal things as you grow also. Every single up level is going to bring you something else and you're going to have to heal something else. And for you at this, at this level, it's receiving and it's just being okay with that, not struggling with that. And sort of see it like baking a cake. Like when you start baking a cake, if you put two of the wrong ingredients in first, 
the cake isn't going to turn out well. So you have to put all the right things in first in the right amounts in the right order. And then eventually you'll have this cake. But it's funny because we've never built this cake before. Right. So you're sort of, it's like teaching someone to drive who's never driven a car, you know? So we're, we're all building these cakes, hoping that we're doing it right. And so afraid that we're going to mess something up. You just take it out and put something else in. It's okay. Just try again. Just keep like trial and error until you get it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I I can attest to that for sure because I've I've launched and done tons of programs in the last couple of years and none of them have worked. And now like you and Alyssa you both you both witnessed me going through this transition phase where I was like what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. What's up with this cake? I don't know what this cake is. <laughs> too much vanilla there's too much there's too much in this cake something's not right and you know just throwing the ingredients out and putting something new in like that's just kind of how I did that and now like you even have figured out like new different ways to be incorporating real estate and empowerment and um amplifies next year super excited about that God, I'm so excited amplify was like my little baby <laughs> I'm so excited for that tell everyone what amplify is so amplify the first one was February of this year and it was a one-day event to bring business social media and mindset strategies to female entrepreneurs and it was sort of a passion project for me last year and it was received so well and the feedback was so awesome and it was so fulfilling for me to be able to serve so many women and give back so much that we're doing it again next year. <laughs> yes. And um, <laughs> Sam Skelly is going to be there. I'm so excited. She's going to make I'm us so all ball our eyes out. I haven't actually even announced it yet. So let's do it right now. <laughs> yep. Hey, spoiler. Going. <laughs> well, the cool thing is that that was also an up level for me, just diving in and asking, hey, get, will you come speak at my event? And mm-hmm. it was terrifying to do, but sometimes you should put it out there and it might come back. I also yes. emailed Abby Wambach and never got a response back, but you See? never know. <laughs> See, yeah, like you just got to put it out there and one no means three more yeses. Yeah, so if anyone knows Abby Wambach. Let's all just blow her shit up. (laughs) We're coming for you. I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just so excited. I actually didn't get to go to this year's event, so I'm just stoked to be able to experience it next year. And It's going to be insane and, like, and. I don't even have words to describe it yet. Just thinking about it and all the new things we're going to be bringing next year is so exciting to me. Yeah, and I, um, we were on the mindset branding call the other day, and I remember you talking about early bird tickets. How much are they again? So tickets are eventually going to be three hundred dollars. So we're doing. I want. I hate it when people launch early bird tickets like so close to an event and like everyone's been working all year. I'm, I'm a planner. So I like to know what I'm doing and I kind of want to reward everyone that's doing the work all year. So tickets are $99 right now. There's a link on my Instagram. 
which is just I am Vanessa Charles to get them. I think there's maybe 10 left. I love it. Oh my gosh. Seriously? Super early bird. Hell yeah. Yeah, We sold the limited amount, just enough to kind of like give everybody a little thank you for supporting us throughout the year and uh, super discounted 99 bucks. Yeah. Get you in the door. It's March 21st next year. Awesome. Yeah. I love St. Petersburg, Florida. Super excited. Um, also, I want to make sure that everyone has that link. So you'll, I'll just have you send it to me later and then I'll, I'll put it on the podcast notes. And also, um, I want them to know about your, your guide to buying home. The first time you buy home, that can be really helpful. I was thinking about this like in the middle of the podcast. I was like, Ooh, idea. (laughs) Um, Cause we were talking about how sometimes women don't like take that initiative. So maybe um, them downloading this guide can really help them with that. So I will also make sure to have you send me that link where they can download that. Or is it still on your Instagram? Perfect. Um, it's not the amplify link is on there. I have, I have two, actually, I'll send you a link to both. One is everything you need to know to get you from when you say, Hey, I'm thinking about buying a house to starting the search process. So like how to get pre-approved, what you should consider financing types. And then the other one is everything from once you're under contract to when you close. So inspections, escrow deposits, homeowners insurance. So yeah, that is so valuable, but it's exciting. One thing I found is that even with couples, I would work with the woman or the the wife and or the girlfriend, whatever her title is, and <laughs> through the whole search process, and then we'd find a house, and all of a sudden, she would turn me over to the guy, and it was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she'd be like, it's okay, I don't know about those things, and I also respect that in some homes, that's how their dynamic works, but yeah. if that's how your dynamic works, that's fine. I just also want you to know to be knowledgeable about the information. Yeah. You may not be a decision maker, but know what's going yeah. on. So, yeah, be be there in the um, in the midst and listen and be seen and be heard also. Um yeah. and not even to mention like these both of these guides are free to download. So yes. don't feel like you're going to go over there and see like, <laughs> "Oh, $15,000 for this guide." <laughs> so, I'm so excited for everyone to get that. I will, I'll put your Instagram link. I'll put all of the, the good stuff in the notes and in the description box. Um, gosh, this was such a good conversation. I'm like, so I'm so Thank glad so that we did this. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about them. You're so welcome. <laughs> I'm so happy that, that we did this and we kind of decided it on the fly. Like, oh, well, we're getting on a podcast next week. Let's do it. Yeah. all right well thank you so much for being here and um i know that everyone got tons of value from this even if it just planted the seeds you know um sometimes at first it can be like a weird oh my gosh she's talking about feminism oh my gosh it's like my my mom always says she says don't make it a thing like don't make it a thing don't don't blow this out of the water and make it a thing just listen just be there <laughs> be open-minded so yeah I'm, I'm really grateful that I love is that you are a major seed planter a major <laughs> you are so good at planting the seeds that just give people that little spark to just kind of like look a little deeper and I think that's what makes you special well, thank you for I I received that thank you Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh okay thank you so much and
I am just going to go ahead and leave it here. I think that is good. that was so good. The, all the value, all the planting of the seeds, all the good stuff. So Yay. I will. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'm going to have Vanessa on here again, most likely, in the next year or so. <laughs> all right. I hope that you loved that conversation as much as I did conversations like this just like fill up my freaking soul um because I do I think I am truly here to really shift society and shift the mindset um that we are currently at as a collective and I I also believe Vanessa is here for that reason too and many other reasons obviously but that is a huge huge thing Um, for both of us that we're extremely passionate about. Um, And if you want to go ahead and grab some Amplify tickets, go to the link in her bio and you can buy them for a hundred bucks right now. I think she only has like five or six left at this moment. Um, We did that interview a while ago. So go ahead and if you are ready for Amplify, I'll be there. I'm going to be doing some workshops and some coaching um, at the event. So I'm super excited for that. As well as if you want her buyer's guide, that's also in the link in her bio. But I'm also going to put it in the description here so it's really easy for you to grab. All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful Monday and we'll see you back here on Wednesday.